Hello and welcome to church. This is the Lighthouse Digital Church. We're so glad you could make it today. Before we proceed, this is a recap from last Sunday. Stay with us. But you might be looking at yourself and say, ah, but I'm not complete. I had this fault, I have this fault, I have this fault, I have this fault. You are looking at yourself in the flesh. God is looking at you in the spirit. The Bible says God is a spirit. God is spirit. And those who worship him, or that means those who um, live their lives following him, uh, will worship him in spirit and in truth, which means God expects you to relate to him based on the spiritual identity that you have in Christ and to relate to him based on the truth that his word has said. The Bible says, sanctify them, keep them holy by your truth, for your word is truth. The word of God is the truth that keeps us. Praise God. Now. Here is today's message. Hello, hello, hello. Good morning. My name is Davis Bamigoye. Today, I bring you good news from the Lighthouse. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about part two of the message we started last week. If you remember last week, we started talking about, you know, the new and living way. The new and living way. We talk, sp speaking about the new covenant being the new and the living way, the, a way that brings life, okay? And that God has called us to be ministers of the new covenant. That God has not called us to be ministers of the old covenant. He has called us to be ministers of the new covenant. And the Bible says God is the one who made us to be able ministers of the new covenant, which means being a minister, a minister of the new covenant is not something that you get to do by your own effort. It's not something that you get to do uh, by your own power. No. God is the one who equips you to become the minister of the new covenant. And this equipping by God is primarily done through the power of the Holy Ghost. God equips us through his word. That is the word of God that we read. God also equips us through the ministry of the Holy Spirit inside of us. Praise God. So therefore, a believer is empowered to be a minister of the new covenant by the grace of God, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, who is actively working in each one of us so that we can bring forth fruits unto righteousness. Praise God. So today I will continue with part two of what I said last week. Last week I started giving us an example about some songs that we sing, that you know, beautiful songs, emotive songs. Some of these songs, we sing them, we're quite happy when we sing them. In fact, we become so emotional when we sing them. But when you look at the lyrics of the songs, line by line and you parlay these songs you know uh, against the new covenant re you realize that these songs were engineered <laughs> you know to bring death into your life i, I i'm 100 assured that the people who sing these kind of songs they actually don't mean evil they they actually meant well they had a good intention at heart but the truth of the matter is if we sing songs that um reduces the power of the gospel we are actually working against the same gospel we are called to to to, to propagate all right so today i'm going to be going to uh, verse two uh, part, part two of that same uh, message that I preached last week if this is your first time of joining the uh, the the teaching the ministry please go back on the youtube channel or on our, on our own platform life.lighthouse.org you will see a replay of last week's message in there i believe God that it's gonna be a blessing to you praise God 
all right today i want to just start looking into this this text but before we go let us say a word of prayer wonderful father thank you for what you are going to do with us this morning thank you for the opportunity again to meet with your people from all over the world to share the good news with them lord i pray almighty god that your word will come out this morning with power with with um energy to change lives in the name of jesus take the words coming from my mouth almighty god and empower these words to help your people in the name of jesus thank you heavenly father in jesus name we pray amen praise god all right so as i preach today you're going to be seeing the text on the screen from time to time please just follow the text all right now one of the things that the lord is laid in my heart to talk to you about is you know we've spoken about that the new and living way which means we're not meant to come to god fearful and being filled with trepidation but how should we come to, to god how does god expect us to come to him you know, when we come to hang out with him where well, the way to understand that is to understand the atmosphere the atmosphere that surround uh the the the, the saints of god so that's what i want to run through today i'm going to step through that show you the atmosphere that um, surround the, the saints of God of which you are one of them all right and as you step through that what I wanted to do is think about what this atmosphere mean now if you actually have this kind of atmosphere uh, running in your life how better will your life be is that okay praise God let's go okay praise God so we want to look at book of Hebrews chapter 12 I'm going to be running through Hebrews chapter 12 from verses 18 to 24 today to bring in the, the, the message so you can understand the atmosphere that surrounds you. And therefore, if that's the atmosphere that surrounds you and the, the atmosphere that surrounds people of God, what kind of feeling should you have when you're coming to your father? That is essentially what I wanted to get out of this message today. All right. So Hebrews 12 verses 18 to 24. I'm going to read it first and I'll step through each verse one by one and explain some of the keywords in there to help us. The Bible says, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. The Bible says, For we are not coming, we are not coming, as Moses did, to a physical mountain. Note that we are not coming to a physical mountain. With its burning fire, thick clouds of darkness and gloom, and with a raging whirlwind. We are not those who are being warned by the jarring blast of a trumpet and the thundering voice, the fearful voice that they, they, that they beg to be silenced. Verse 20, they couldn't handle God's commander said, if so much as an animal approaches the mountain, it is to be stoned to death. The outstanding phenomena Moses witnessed caused him to shudder with fear and he could only say, I am trembling in terror. By contrast, we have already come near to God in a totally different realm, the Zion realm. For we have entered the city of the living God, which is the new Jerusalem in heaven. We have joined the festal gathering of myriads of angels in their joyous celebration. Verse 23, and as members of the church of the firstborn, all our names have been legally registered. <laughs> note, please note the tenses. All our names have been legally registered as citizens of heaven, and we have come before God who judges all and who lives among the spirits of the righteous who have been made perfect in his eyes. And we have come to Jesus who established a new covenant with his blood, with his blood sprinkled upon the mercy seat, blood that continues to speak from heaven 
forgiveness, a better message than Abel's blood that cries from the earth, justice. Praise God. All right. So I'm going to step now, step by step, going through each of these verses and I'll be explaining it. Remember, it's about understanding the atmosphere that surrounds you as a child of God. Okay, let's look at what the Bible teaches. Verse 18 says, we are not coming as Moses did to a physical mountain. So notice here, we are not coming to a physical mountain. So what this tells us is that under the new covenant, we are not coming to a physical mountain. God is not in a building. God is not in a building. I'll say that again. God is not in a building. At times, you know, people can make a building the place where unless you come to the physical building, God cannot answer your prayer. But God is not in a building. We are not coming as Moses did. Under the old covenant, they have to go to a physical mountain or go to a particular physical place, a tabernacle. But we are not coming to a physical mountain. Why? Because we are already what the mountain of god god now lives in his people the church is you and i carrying god everywhere that is the church the church is not a physical building the church really is the people the people of god embodied by the holy spirit of god those that is the church that is the church so Bible says we're not coming to a physical mountain with his burning fire. Now let's look at the mountain that Moses came to. The Bible says this mountain has burning fire, thick clouds of darkness and gloom, and with a raging whirlwind. When did this happen? Well, this happened when the new the, the old covenant was being given. When the laws of laws, the Ten Commandments were about to be given to Moses in the book of Exodus, God called Moses up onto the mountain. And God gave a warning and said, let nobody come around this mountain. If anybody even touched the mountain, that person, that person will be put to death. Why? Because at that point in time, there, there was a barrier between a holy God and sinful people. There was a barrier. So the Bible here is saying that we are not coming to such mountain. We are not coming to a physical mountain, which in God is not in a, in, in a church, in a church building. But we are also not coming to a place where we have thick clouds of darkness and gloom and a raging whirlwind. We are not coming there. That's not where you are coming to. So first of all, take note. You are coming to a spiritual mountain. You are coming to a mountain that cannot be touched physically. You are coming to a God who is saying that don't relate to me based on physical realities. Relate to me based on spiritual realities. That is where you are coming to. Number two, you're also not coming to a place where you are meant to be afraid of God, where you are meant to be fearful. You're not coming to a place where there's a barrier between you and your father. You are not coming there. You're not coming there. Praise God. Let's look at what verse 19 says. Verse 19 says, we are not those who are being warned by the jarring blast of a trumpet and a thundering voice, the fearful, fearful voice that they beg to be silenced. Essentially, what this is saying is, if there is a voice in your heart that causes you to be panicky, if there is a voice in your heart that causes you to be afraid, that is not the voice of God. <laughs> that is not the voice of God. The voice of God will never cause you to be afraid. The voice of God will never cause you to be panicky. The voice of God always calls you, I love you, I bless you, I want you, I desire you, you are my child. That is the voice of God. Bible says that is not. We, we are not coming to this 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 voice that speaks of 
thundering voice the voice that is a fearful voice the voice that was shouting and telling them you can't come near me that's not the voice we're coming to no verse 30 then says they couldn't handle god's command that said if so much as an anima approaches the mountain it is to be stoned to death the bible here says when the laws of moses was being given god gave an instruction and said if if an animal touches the mountain on which god shows up god showed up that animal is to be stoned to death the bible said we are not coming there what does that tell you that tell that should tell you that there's no barrier between you and god i see where the problem is is if you relate to god based on this new this law mindedness these laws of moses parlance uh, or the viewpoint from the laws of moses what will happen to you is you will feel there is a barrier between you and God. You will feel that anytime you miss it, God has left you and checked out of the building. No, but God is always with us. The Bible says we are not coming to that. We're not coming to this voice that scares. We're not coming to this voice that will cause us to be afraid. No. Verse 21, the Bible says, The outstanding phenomena Moses witnessed caused him to shudder with fear and he could only say I am trembling in terror what does he say is profound essentially he say Moses himself who was the lawgiver through whom God gave the laws of Moses shudder in fear the phenomenon was so astounding that Moses himself was afraid you think about it if the person who is meant to be the lawgiver who is meant to tell you about God is himself shuddering in fear what about the people who are just uh, who are you know quote, quote and unquote the laymen people who are not even close to god that way and remember moses was the man that the bible said god showed him his backside god hid him in the cleft of, of a hill and god showed himself to him this is the man who was afraid how much more people that are not even close to to god that are in proximity but the Bible teaches us that by the blood of Jesus, we are now close to God. We are now close to God. Why? Because God now lives inside of us. In fact, this expression here must be so staggering for those who are under the old covenant because it is unthinkable that the God of the whole universe, the God that came on the mountain and the, the people were afraid, that that God will live inside of us. That a holy God will live in sinful man. It is unthinkable. It's unthinkable. They, they couldn't get their heads around it. And again, today, even when people um, were of so law-mindedness, think about this, they create um, um, a chasm between God and his children. God has broken the barrier. The Bible says the curtain in the Holy of Holies was torn into two, signifying that the entrance has now been made available for children of God to come boldly into the throne room. Praise God forevermore. We are not meant to be afraid of God. We are not meant to read to God as we are under the laws of Moses. No, we are under the new covenant. Praise God. Now, let's look at verse 22. The Bible then began to speak about what we have come into. Under the new covenant, this is what we have come into. So this is the, the crux of the text. This is the crux of the text now around what you have come into, what we have come into as new covenant believers. By contrast, we have already come. We have already come near to God. We are not going to come near to God. We have already come near to God in a totally different realm. 
You remember, in the realm of Moses was a physical mountain. Here we have come to God in a totally different realm. What realm is that? The Zion realm. For we have entered, we are not going to enter, we have entered past tense, the city of the living God. God has brought us into his own family. God has brought us into his, into his own kingdom. We are citizens of heaven now. We are not going to be citizens of heaven. We are already citizens of heaven. This, as far as God is concerned, is a done deal. We, are, we have come into the Zion realm. We have entered the city of the living God, which is the new Jerusalem in heaven we have joined we are not going to join we have joined the festa gathering gathering of myriads of angels in their joyous celebration we have come to, and we are hanging out with angels and we are having a feast we are having a feast think about that we are having a feast you are we, god throws a party god throws a party for you if you see what I'm saying here, essentially what he's saying is that the atmosphere surrounding you is an atmosphere of celebration. Think about that. What will happen if you wake up in the morning, every single day of your life, and you carry this atmosphere of celebration everywhere you go? You just constantly carry an atmosphere of things happening in your life, things moving for you very well. That, that you are feasting, you are celebrating, you are joyful. It will draw more beautiful things to come into your life. You know why praise is great? Great When we praise God, we are sending out the right kind of positive vibes and vibration into the atmosphere. And by the laws of attraction or by, by, the, by the laws of God in, in itself, like attracts like. That's the law of physics actually. Which means if you send out good things into the atmosphere, you are going to get more of that back. As a matter of fact, one of the laws of the... Of, of, um, one of the laws of the universe, right? I, I, I think I shared that a couple of years, I think it was last year, I talked about the laws of the universe. And one of the laws of the universe is found in the book of Genesis, actually, in the laws of creation. And that law says, every seed reproduces after its kind. Every seed reproduces after its kind. What that means is, if you plant cassava, you're going to get cassava back. But you see, the amazing thing with the laws of the seed is that, Every seed preserved is kind and more, which means you have a cassava seed planted on the ground. It will bring out not one cassava seed. I need to bring up, bring bring out bring, bring back two for you. You can never plant one seed and get one back. You get that and more. Even if you think about it, in the case of a human being, a man and a woman get married and they 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 they, they go in the way of women. They have sex. They have children right they don't end up having one they could they have the ability to have two three four five you see where i'm coming from which means every seed man and woman come together now reproduces after its kind a man produce a man will produce a man and a woman come together they will produce a human being like themselves right and they can produce five or six or seven depending on what they want to do so that's the law of the seed now if you plant play play, 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 play that back into what i just said now right which means if you send that praise out, you are going to get things and more to be thankful to God for. It is just that simple. So God is not saying to you here, you have come to a feaster gathering of mirrors of angels. Enjoy your celebration. The atmosphere around where you have come into under this new covenant is an atmosphere of feaster gathering of joyous celebration. That blesses me so much. That blessed me so much. All right. So now I want to come into this text that I've just read now. This is verse 22. I want to step into it in detail. Are you ready? Now let's look at the word come. The Bible says we have already come. You see, this word come is the Greek verb 
that is in the perfect tense, indicating that the fullness of our salvation and our entrance into God's heavenly realm has already taken place. What this is saying here, we have already come. We are not going to come. As far as God is concerned, in the realm of the Spirit, this has already happened. We have already come into God in a totally different realm. We have already come. We are not going to come. We have already come unto God. Praise God forevermore. We have already come to God. We have already come to God. There's no barrier between me and God. There's no barrier between me and my Father. No matter how I may feel, my feeling may be saying going down downstream, my feeling may be going this way, but there's no barrier between me and my Father. I have already come. We have already come near to God in a totally different realm. Praise God forevermore. Now, where have we come? The Bible says we have come unto what? The Zion realm. No, you see this word Zion. This word Zion is actually a word that refers to Man Zion. They call it Man Zion, but Man Zion really is not a physical place. Man Zion is a spiritual connotation that talks about the presence of God. Anyway, the presence of God is, you, you can call that Man Zion. All right, so Zion is referred to as the place of God's dwelling, is the place where God dwells. So they, at times the Bible calls us we are Zion people, which means we are people of God. Zion represents the place where God dwells. But you know where God dwells right now? God dwells in your heart, and God dwells in my heart. Praise God forevermore. All right, then the third one I want to call out is heaven the bible says we have come you know unto what man zion we are not going to come we have come unto god in a totally different realm the zion realm for we have entered the city of the living god which is the new jerusalem in heaven so i want to talk about this heaven you see heaven right heaven is a place we are going to go to after we live here but i want you to understand something here the bible talks about new jerusalem in that text New Jerusalem there is not really talking about um, there's going to be a New Jerusalem, physical New Jerusalem that is going to come after the end of the ages when we have died and gone to heaven and God has brought everything to an end. You know, there will be a New Jerusalem. But do you know that because God dwells in the believer, do you know we are the New Jerusalem? We are going to be the New Jerusalem. God's, God's kingdom cannot be bounded Right, cannot be sorry, cannot be bound by physical limitation. God lives and breathes and dwells in every single believer, which means everywhere we go, we are the carriers of God. In fact, I was talking to somebody the other day, I was saying that it seemed to me that God desires to express Himself through our personal proclivities. What do I mean by that? It means God looks at each of our individual behavior or the way we relate to life, and God chooses to express himself through that. Why? So that the manifold wisdom of God can be exposed. The manifold wisdom of God can be exposed. So so that people can look at us, look at what God did. You know, and that's so so important. Imagine if everybody's like me, the world would be boring. If everybody's like you too, the world could be boring. Alright, God he walks through all our individual varieties to bring forth his own glory everywhere, he, everywhere we go. In, praise God forevermore. Alright, praise God forevermore. Now, the last point there says celebration. Celebration. You see, this one talks about we have come into the innumerable company of angels or the fista, fista atmosphere 
of the angel in joyous celebration. Now, you know the word feaster is come from the word feast. Feast means to have bountiful food. But talk about joyous celebration. Now, let me explain to you the construct that I got from this when I did my study. It's, it's here. It says, this is, this, is, this is much more than an assembly of angels. The Greek word for celebration in this text is the word panegyris. Panegyris. And panegyris means um, a word that represents civic festival and celebration. Civic festival and celebration, which draws, which draws people really from all parts of the world. So, under the Greek language, in which this text was written, panegyris means um, a, f- a civic festival and celebration that people come from all over the world, all over the parts of the empire, and they include everybody according to their various social classes, right? And when they come, it's a time of great joy and festivities with people wearing white robes and they have garlands on their head. Now, think about that picture for a moment. Think about a festivity or celebration where people regardless of whether you are you're rich or poor whatever as long as you're part of that kingdom you come in and you're wearing this white robe you have a garland on your head this text here says we have come to the company of angels that are engaging in this celebration essentially what he's saying here is right where you are you have you are in the company of angels you have angels right now where you are attending to you and that's what the bible teaches in the book of hebrews the bible says that the that angels hebrews chapter 2 says hebrews chapter 2 i think the last verse of hebrews chapter 2 says angels are ministering spirit for the heirs of salvation angels minister for you they are like if you go to a, a restaurant and you have a method a method where a method will come in and take your your order and say what do you want what do you want you want? and the person will stand around you waiting for you to say next i want this next i want that that is the way god has assigned angels in, you know to to attend to us so now the bible says you are in you are among this innumerable company of angels but guess what they are doing they are enjoying your celebration they are throwing parties they are having fun they are just enjoying themselves that is the company of the people that you have come into this verse teaches that we have already entered into the festival of angelic bliss through jesus christ this blesses me so much. You know, it means that if you're going out in the morning or you're coming back in the evening, you can carry a consciousness that angels are attending to you. They are attending to your every 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 desire. You know, you, you know, angels are they are ministering spirits, they, they minister for you. In fact, you know, I'll share something with you quickly here. It's a bit of a digression. Some years back, God taught me, uh, uh, God taught me something that He taught Kenny Egan on how to be. To be financially free, to be, to be financially independent, as in to be debt free, and this is what he did. He said, "Gosh, can I again?" Then during that period, was struggling. They didn't, he didn't have money to to pay for his student school fees. He had shoes that had holes at the bottom of it, you know. And he, he said, "I'm going to go pray." And then he went to place of prayer and started praying to God. I said, "God, what's happening? Look at this." He listed out all his bills and he found out how things just wouldn't work. And then after the second day, God told him, get up from there. What are you talking about? God said to him, if you, if you, are, if you are faithful, if you are faithful and willing, you will hit the, uh, if you are willing and obedient, you eat the fruit of the land. And he said, what do you mean? He says, well, you use your faith for healing, but you're not using your faith for finances. I want my children to be rich. I don't want them to be greedy. I am against greed, but I want them to have the best of life. And Kenegi said, so what do I need to do? And Jesus Christ told him and said, 
you need to send your angels on errand to go and bring for you what you want he said the devil sends demons on errand through and they, they come in through different means to inflict uh, havoc on people but you you don't send your angels on errand and said what should i do and god told him and said call out how much you want let's say you want ten thousand pounds write it down and say say i claim this ten thousand pounds in the name of jesus satan i rebuke you from touching my money angel of god go and bring this money for me and then he said the first time he did it he was he was, he was his mouth was shaking because he didn't know whether it was going to work but of course it worked i i can't go into into too much detail about the story but it worked for him guess what i did one time like that i wanted to put my children in, in private school and i didn't have the money but i said i'm going to put the, put this children in private school anyway you know what i did i did i used exactly the same method i sent my angels on errand and guess what we put the children in school and then within two weeks or three weeks of putting them in school my income doubled just like that you know so and i've used this same thing i'm sharing with you i've shared with i've shared with a friend of mine in south africa i told him he was struggling i said look use this method and within a month or whatever they got a contract of fifty thousand dollars you know i said he said these people even called him all the way from singapore and he was based in south africa he was not even he said they were the least qualified but he, he sent his angels on errand so i'm saying to you you are you are in the company of angels send them on, on an errand send your angels on errand don't don't think you are helpless right now you might be there right now you're thinking i don't know how i'm going to pay my bill god asked me to tell you send your angels on error the angels that are around you they are already having feast celebration they're already celebrating celebrating and you are among people that are celebrating i remember what i told you earlier about the law of the seed when you plant the seed of joy more joy will come to you it's as simple as that so as you live here today carry this consciousness that you are among angels and the angels are already celebrating and therefore you can step into what god has in store for you praise god forevermore let's go into verse 23 verse 23 say and as members of the church of the firstborn all our names have been legally registered as citizens of heaven and we have come before god who judges all and who lives among the spirits of the righteous who have been made perfect in his eyes you know this scripture is so beautiful this scripture is so beautiful this scripture is so beautiful. If you look at this scripture, what he's saying here, you and I, we are members of the church. Remember I told you before, the church is not a building. We are members of the church. The church of who? Of the firstborn. Who is this firstborn? If you look at this firstborn here, it's capital F. The firstborn here relates to who? Jesus Christ. We are members of the church of Jesus Christ. In heaven, there are no denominations. You will not say Catholic or uh, Redeem or you know Celestia Church or whatever. You will not see any of that. You will only see one church, the Church of the Firstborn, the Church of Jesus Christ, with all of us, with all our de denomination thrown to one side because we ha we belong to one family. Praise God forevermore. So we have come to this church. We are members of this Church of the Firstborn. And look at what the next day says. All our names have been legally registered. Legally. Let me explain what this is saying to you. The moment you gave your life to Jesus, your name gets written in the book of life. God transferred you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. That is what God did. Because you have been transferred from this other kingdom to this new kingdom, 
your name your name is now been written what in this book of life you have become a citizen of of of, of the kingdom of god the bible says and it is legal it's a legal document so which means somebody, somebody asks you which which kingdom do you belong to i belong to the kingdom of jesus christ and this is my this is my certificate of 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 citizenship that's what this is saying the bible says that is who you are right now you are members you are a member of the church of the firstborn your name has been legally registered as citizen of heaven you have come before god the judge the one who judges all and who lives god lives among the spirit of the righteous you see here god lives among the spirit of the righteous which means it is in your spirit that god lives that's why you can say that you are righteous as god himself why because god has imparted to your spirit his own righteousness the bible here says god lives among the spirit of the righteous who have been made perfect in his eyes <laughs> you have been made perfect in his eyes we have been made perfect in his eyes last week i spoke about this word perfect i said perfect means teleo it means to 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 add to something that which is wanting in order to make it complete Colossians 2 verse 10 says, we are complete in him. We are complete in Jesus. See, the word perfection here talks is, is a word that relates to being complete in Christ. The Bible here says, God lives among the spirit of the righteous, those who have been made perfect in his eyes. If you are born again, I say to you categorically, God lives in your spirit. And if God lives in your spirit, it means you are righteous in your spirit. And if God, if God, if God lives in your spirit and you are righteous, it means that in the eyes of God, you are already perfect in his eyes. This blessed me so much. It means, listen, people of God, you are righteous and holy and blameless. In the eyes of God, that's all there is to say about this. So, the Greek word for the church... In this text in verse 23 is the word ecclesia is the word ecclesia you know what it means it means those ones who have been called out but see actually what this actually meant in practice within the greek culture is signify a governing assembly a governing assembly which had the authority to make decisions for the entire city just think about your lawmaker in your country they sit down there and they make decisions for the whole you know like your parliament they make decisions for the whole country in the realm of the spirit <laughs> the church represent the governing assembly that makes decision we have the authority to make decision for the entire city i don't know how to explain this to you what this is saying here is if in your community something bad is happening you are to be blamed because it means you can stand where you are say i forbid this happening in my in my surrounding you can do that that is the kind of authority you have now you know the word authority means you have the power to do this but if you don't do it the authority is just going to be lying there lying down there right it's not going to be effective at all but if you do it it will work for you so god expects you to do what to make decision for the entire city you can make decision and say you know what this is the kind of person that's going to rule this country you can sit kneel down in your in, in your in your bedroom and you can pray and you can make that authority make that declaration and god is going to back it up yeah because you are part of this governing assembly but the governing assembly in order for the governing assembly to work there must be unity think about it if your parliament, parliament come together and they're and they're trying to enact a law for your country but there's no unity among them 
Uh, would they be able to pass the law? Of course not. And this is where the enemy comes in. The enemy comes in and tries to make us to fight one, one, one another. I try to say, uh, I belong to this person. I belong to that person. I belong to that person. We are not actually joining up together. We are forming caucuses. We, are, we have what they call a party spirit in our churches. That's the reason why we, we seem not to be having power because unity, we, we're not united. You know, the Bible says a, 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 a house divided against itself cannot stand, which means if we are not united, our power is limited. But imagine if we all can understand what God is trying to do here and we can align ourselves with that and we can come together and say, look, forget about denomination for a while. Christ did not die for a denomination. He died for the church. He died to redeem the church. He died to redeem us back to himself. Therefore, we belong to one church, the church of the firstborn. And we say, by the virtue of that church, by virtue of the authority vested upon that church, we forbid so, so, and so to happen in our community. Trust me, if you stay in that place, it's going to happen. Praise God forevermore. So, the firstborn here, as I said earlier, is Jesus, who is the firstborn from among the dead. We are in Christ Jesus. We are all the firstborn. But Christ is the number one firstborn. We are all heirs of God. But Christ is the heir of the heir of God. But we are joint heirs with Jesus. So what this means, all right, means is that all the rights and blessings that Jesus Christ has, we have. God has given us all the rights and the blessings that Jesus Christ has. Praise God forevermore. Now, perfect, I mentioned that earlier. Perfect means no blemish, no flaw, nothing bad in you. God sees you as righteous as himself god sees you as righteous as himself because you have been perfected by the blood of jesus praise god forevermore let's go to verse 24 verse 24 says and we have come to jesus who established a new covenant with his blood sprinkled upon the mercy seat blood that continues to speak from heaven forgiveness a better message than abel's blood that cries from the earth justice you know what this is saying this is so beautiful the bible here say the the blood of jesus christ speaks a language today what language does it speak based on that text that the blood speaks what forgiveness the blood of jesus christ continually speaks forgiveness over your life the bible says we have come to jesus we have come to the one who is the guarantor of the new covenant we have come to the one who established the new covenant right and we have come also to his blood which blood the blood that is sprinkled upon the mercy seat the blood of jesus is sprinkled upon the mercy seat the seat of grace the seat 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 where forgiveness rules not the seat of judgment that the bible says that blood continues to speak not not spoke five thousand years ago not spoke two thousand years ago not spoke hundred thousand years ago not spoke last year no the blood continues to speak which word forgiveness there's no time that the blood is not speaking over your life. If you are missing, there's a message that I preached, I think, three weeks ago that says the blood still speaks. The blood that still speaks. Go back and listen to that message. It will bless you. It talks about the fact that the blood of Jesus Christ speaks continually over your life. The blood speaks that you are righteous. The blood speaks that you are holy. The blood speaks that you are blessed. The blood speaks that you are, you are blameless before God. The blood speaks you are forgiven forever praise god that's what the blood speaks that bible says that blood that message that the blood of jesus christ speaks right now is a better message than what abel's blood speaks why because abel's blood speaks from the earth justice again i've shared this before in the church i said that when abel was killed by cain his brother god showed up to cain and said cain where is your brother and cain said am i my brother's keeper and god said to him 
the blood of your brother Christ to me from the ground for vengeance. So why? Because the blood is life. Blood is life. Blood speaks. So when you kill somebody and their, their, their blood is shed, it is their life that is given because it is in the blood that God has placed life. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. So, Romans of chapter 5 verse 9 says, talking about this blood that speaks forgiveness, Romans chapter 5 verse 9 says, there is still much more to say of the unfailing love that God has for us. Because through the blood of Jesus, we have heard the powerful declaration, you are not righteous in my sight. You are not righteous in my sight. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will never experience the wrath of God. So the blood of Jesus Christ speaks, what else again? You are not righteous in my sight. The blood of Jesus Christ speaks, you are not righteous in my sight. And because of this blood, you will never experience the wrath of God. You will never experience the wrath of God. I will never experience the wrath of God. Praise God. Praise God. The Bible says you will never experience the wrath of God. It's not going to happen. Jesus Christ already, already took that wrath for you. So live and breathe easy. Live and breathe easy. Praise God. Praise God. The blood of Jesus Christ says, I love you. I forgive you. I purchased you. I cleansed you. I protect you. I keep you. I will always be there for you. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. 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 Romans chapter 5, verse 10 to 11, as I begin to round up. Romans chapter 5, verse 10 to 11 says, If while we are still enemies, if while we were still enemies, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, then something greater than friendship is ours. Not that we are at peace with God, and because we share in his resurrection life, how much more will we be rescued from sin's dominion? Let me explain this to you, people of God. The Bible here says, why you were still an enemy of God? That is, before you became born again, why you were still an enemy? God did not wait for you to get your act together. God fully reconciled you to himself through the death of Jesus. What this means is that when Christ hung on that cross 2,000 years ago, he paid for the sins of the entire world. And that's why I keep saying, I know some of you might think it's heresy, that nobody will go to hell. Nobody will go to hell for any sin. Why? Because the sin has been paid for. The people will go to hell for rejecting the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made, for rejecting the offer that God has made and given to them. I, I shared this, this story with somebody the other day. I was saying that there was a time me and my wife, we went to Amsterdam and we went to this Van Gogh Museum. We wanted to go and uh, just, you know, look at the paintings and just enjoy ourselves. And then we were in the queue, we bought the fast track but apparently that day everybody bought fast track uh so it seemed anyway the fast track fast track became not fast track and we just got tired we said you know we're just gonna go so we started we, we got, got our ticket and we're looking for somebody to give the ticket to we were begging these people on the queue saying look this fast track go and take it i said nah we don't want it nah we don't want it my wife then said something to me that i will never forget she said she can understand how offended god will be on the day of judgment when somebody shows up and say i don't care about jesus but I want to come into heaven. And God said, but, but I gave you, I gave you the gift of my son, but you rub, it, you rub his gift in my face. She said, I can understand how God will feel now. Because every free gift we attach to give to these people, they just reject it, throw it back at our face. 
you know it was the taxi driver that took us from the place to, to, the, to the hotel that we then asked him on in the car and said would you like a ticket and the guy was so ecstatic he was saying ah he's been looking for this ticket for a long time he didn't have the money to buy it he said please thank you thank you thank you and then we gave it to him we we're so happy to be able to give him that ticket because we don't need it so the bible here says while we were still enemies go fully not partly go fully reconcile you know the word reconcile means to 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 opposing party they are now in harmony god says the bible says god fully reconciled us to himself god brought the whole world to himself through the blood of jesus the, the bible now says, if while we were enemy god did that how much more now that we have given our lives to jesus so something greater than friendship which is the word reconciliation. Something greater than friendship is ours now. Something far, far better than friendship is ours. What is that thing that is better than friendship? People of God, it is called sonship or daughtership. It is to be a child of God. Something greater than friendship is ours. You see, somebody can be, we can be offended with somebody and we, they come together, but they might not be family. But God did something fantastically beyond that. God not only reconciled the whole world to himself, God then said, for those of you who give your life to Jesus, you are now a child. You belong in my family. You are my son. You are my daughter. Which means God relates to you as any earthly father. Any good earthly father will relate to his own child or, or mother for that matter. Yeah. Which means you will never, God, if you will never think evil about your child, God will never think evil about you. The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 11, if we being evil know how to give good gift to our own children, how much more we go give good things to them that ask him. Praise God. If you have ever thought about, oh, God is the one doing this to me because I did it. That's why God is doing this. I'm saying to you, have believed the lie. I'm saying to you, have not believed the God that that just Christ came to show us. I'm telling you that you have not believed the Father who made heaven and earth. I'm saying to you, you have believed the lie. I'm saying to you, you have gone in in the pathway of Adam. You have believed the lie because the Bible says all good and perfect gift comes from the Father of light. In him there is no shadow of turning, neither is there any variableness. If there is no something wrong in your life today and you think it is God who brought it, I'm saying to you that is a capital lie from the pit of hell. If while you were enemy of God, God reconciled you to himself, how much more now that you are his child, you have something more than friendship, you have sonship. We, are now, we now have peace with God. Peace with God. A friend of mine in, in Bible study during the week was sharing something that really blessed me. She said she, she has been hearing this message. She has been living at peace. She has been having this peace that surpasses knowledge. And I can tell you 100%. The moment I began to understand the message of grace, the greatest benefit to me personally is peace. The peace knowing fully well that, you know what, no matter what happens tomorrow, my daddy is got my tomorrow covered. That no matter what is going on in the world, I am at peace with God. I'm at I'm his I'm his I'm his I'm his favorite child. He loves me so much and he has done everything I ever need for me. That is the greatest benefit for me personally. You know, that peace. You know, fully well, you know, I don't have to run Elta Skeeter, I don't have to be uh, a, a victim of life. No, if you my daddy has already done it, that is the greatest benefit for me. Praise God. The Bible says here, something greater than friendship is ours. We are at peace with God and because we share in the resurrection life. You know, there's a message on YouTube, on our, on, on, on our YouTube channel. Please go back onto the playlist and find uh, on the Wednesday message. That, uh, there's, a message there's a message I preached there on, on Wednesday, I think two Wednesdays ago, called um, 
the resurrection proves that you're righteous i'm begging you by the by the power of god go back and watch it the resurrection proves that you are righteous you see in that text i began to say that the proof that you are 100 righteous before god is the fact that there is a savior who is risen who is seated at the right hand of god his name is jesus romans chapter 4 this is romans chapter 4 verse 25 i think says that christ was put to death for the forgiveness of our sins but he was raised from the dead to prove that we are righteous before god the proof of our righteousness is that there is a savior who is seated at the right hand of god praise god now the bible here says because we share in that resurrection life how much more we will be rescued from sin's dominion the bible here is saying if you embrace the fact that christ was raised from the dead for you if you embrace the fact that you are now righteous before god there's no way for sin to dominate you sin and righteousness do not mix if you are righteousness conscious you cannot be dominated by sin it is not possible but if you are sin consciousness you will be dominated by sin 100 percent you keep looking at, just, at yourself with the eyes of sin over and over and over again. And God does not look at you like that. God sees you righteous and holy and blameless. Praise God forevermore. The Bible says in verse 11, and even more than that, we overflow with triumphant joy in our new relationship of being reconciled to God, all because of Jesus. Say with me, I am reconciled with my Father. I am reconciled with my Father because of Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Alright, let us say this affirmation as we close. Say with me, God declares over me that I am righteous in his sight. I will never experience wrath. I am at peace with God. His resurrection life is in me. Sin can never dominate me. I am reconciled to God. I am his child. Precious flawless and blameless forever the blood of jesus mandates and secures this for me forever praise god forever hallelujah hallelujah let us pray wonderful father i thank you for the ability to be able to share with your children today the aura the aura the environment that surround the gospel the good news of jesus christ help them almighty god not to not 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 to be deceived by the enemy not to be deceived by religious propaganda help them to hold fast the profession of their faith to know all of that faithful are you oh god who started a good work in them and you are going to perfect it i release them today as they go this week oh lord into the grace the mercy the favor of god this one will carry a consciousness of their right standing before god and they will know that their lives will never remain the same i i my my ears each oh god to hear good news from them lord i thank you for what you are going to do i pronounce your blessing over their lives they are left forth with joy and they come back rejoicing in the name of jesus thank you heavenly father in jesus name we pray praise god forevermore now if you're on the call you want to give your life to jesus i just want to give you just lead you in the place in, in the um in the uh, in the prayer of salvation briefly just say with me dear lord jesus i believe that you died for me i believe that you were raised from the dead so that I can be justified before God. Today, I give my life to you. Receive me, have me, be my savior. Thank you for having me. In Jesus' name, we pray. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart, 
and you pronounce with your mouth. You believe in your heart that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead and you, and you pronounce that from your mouth. The Bible says you are saved. I just want to welcome you to the family of my father. God bless you so much. God bless you so much. I'm so delighted that you've given your life to Jesus Christ today. Please write to us. You know, you see the link on the on the screen. Write to us and let us know um, how you're, you're doing and we would love to be able to mentor you. Praise God forevermore. All right, people of God, if you feel led to give to the church, please, you see the screen, uh, the, the, uh, the link on the screen. The Lord bless your giving. Um, and I'll be speaking to you soon. Again, remember, you are blessed and highly favored. And you will never experience the wrath of God. The Spirit of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ mandates that. God bless you. I'll speak to you another time. Shalom. Thank you for staying with us. We hope you've been blessed as much as we have. You can watch the replays of today's service at 10 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and podcast. You can go through our YouTube channel for more content. You can also subscribe to our podcast on www.thelifehouse.org/podcast. Our Sunday services commence every Sunday at 8 a.m. UK time. Our midweek service is at 6 p.m. every Wednesday. We look forward to you joining us. Until next time, please study and meditate on the world and may God bless you.